Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
KIRP Radio! Good evening, you're listening to the KIRP Radio Show. It stands for Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. I'm your guest host, Rocco P. Last Friday night of the month. Tonight, we're doing COVID-19 update, the story that never ends, the PSYOP that never ends. Uh, we're living through the new abnormal. It shouldn't be normal. We're living through that. Uh, tonight, I said COVID-19 update from Australia to the NBA. Australia is where the New World Order continues to most severely oppress people as they move closer to mass forced quarantine centers. Uh, Australia, as well as New, Ze- New Zealand, are openly defending a two-tier society with those who refuse to take the, take the bioweapon being shut out of the economy. And, of course, that's the plan throughout the U.K., European Union, and the States. They're just further down. Uh, they're just uh, much more advanced in the tyranny in Australia and New Zealand. The NBA, the National Basketball Association, in spite of protection from the players' union, continues to ostracize and punish players who refuse to take the bioweapon. It has to do with the local ordinances, the local mandates for certain cities affecting players. We'll look at that. If you want to get on the air tonight, give me a call. I'll get you on. That phone number is 563-999-3683. That is 563-999-3683. All right. So tonight, tonight, let's start off with a news clip from Australia. Uh, this is from Max Egan's video, Law No Longer Exists, so it's time we create our own. Max Egan with the Crow House. I look at his videos at dollarvigilante.tv. Sure, Max is out there on a bit shoot, banned from YouTube quite some time ago. So I'm sure you could find the Crow House and Max Egan on BitChute and also Odyssey. But again, I'm watching. I saw this video on Dollar Vigilante. TV. All right, I'm still keying that up. Thought I had the right place there. And this is in Queensland. That is where Max Egan used to live before he fled. He is now in Mexico. Jeff Berwick got him in, in part. Jeff Berwick helped Max Egan get to Mexico. Max Egan came to the conclusion it was time to leave because uh, he was getting some phone calls to meet with the police. Of course, they said he didn't do anything illegal, but they wanted to know since he spoke at certain events. But uh, more importantly than that, they had frozen his bank account. So Max made that decision, really life-changing decision, to uh, leave Australia while he could still get out. All right, I got that clip pulled up now. This is from the Today Show, I believe, in Australia and Queensland. Calling on unvaccinated Queenslanders to roll up their sleeves and be prepared for the virus to enter when the border opens. Interesting statement there by the news, and Janet Young's backing that up by saying that when they open the borders, they're going to be bringing the virus into Queensland 
And so everybody's just going to have to get jab, and of course she's got a deadline for it. Well, it's a beautiful day in Rockhampton, a perfect day to come out and get vaccinated. So we've had no new cases in Queensland due to tremendously well done work by Queensland. We have no active outbreaks. But the only way to stop active outbreaks going forward now is to get vaccinated. So every single Queenslander, 12 years of age or older, please check in your local community where you can get vaccinated. There's many, many places, pharmacies, GPs, vaccination hubs. There are lots of places and you've got, as the Premier said, 12 days to do it because after that we will be bringing in virus through the borders in vaccinated people because we know that once you're vaccinated you still can get infected and transmitted but you're very unlikely to get unwell, very unlikely you're going to end up in hospital. So every single Queenslander is going to get exposed to the COVID-19 virus and will get infected. But if you're vaccinated, that's not a problem. So today, tomorrow, the next day, get vaccinated if you haven't already been and get your second dose if it's three weeks since your first dose for Pfizer for a week before we do it. Bringing the virus into Queensland. How's that saying there? We know that vaccinated people carry the virus. I mean, they're telling you what's going on here, folks. And they're pushing this deadline, really, really pushing the deadline. They're, they're, they're just saying you can't do anything unless you have it. You've got Danny Hunchback in Victoria openly saying people will be locked out of society if they don't have the jab. Like, why would you get the system going? Why would you have the thing up and running? And then, essentially... Right, point, I'm playing some of Max Egan's uh, commentary there. Who he calls Danny Hunchback is Premier Danny Daniel Andrews in Victoria. Victoria, to date, has been the most brutal of all the states in Australia as far as uh, the COVID medical martial law. So let me cue this back up here, and we'll get back to Daniel Andrews, a.k.a. Danny Hunchback, in a moment. And then I'll pull up a clip, clip from New Zealand which was also amazing as far as the open embrace of the tyranny. The system going, why would you have the thing up and running and then essentially pull down that, uh, pull all that down, pull all the architecture that you built, all the infrastructure that you built, the culture that you've changed, why would you change that four or five weeks later? We will not be doing that here. I'm not going to say to someone, oh, look, just wait us out, will you? Just, just, just wait four or five weeks, and then you'll be able to go to the pub. No, if you make the judgment to not get vaccinated, and you reckon you can wait out us or the publican or whoever you want to think you're waiting out, you won't wait out the virus, because the virus will be here for a long time, and your only protection against it is being vaccinated. This will be well into 2022, well and truly into 2022. Then we're going to get into booster issues, so it won't be your first and second dose. It'll be have you, have, you, have you had your third? And then the other issue will be, well, who knows what uh, variant's coming? Who, who knows? But we don't. So we've got every reason to be confident. We've got every reason to be optimistic and upbeat. This is the Victorians have done an amazing job, but that job includes uh, uh, us 
decisions, and that's to keep people who are not vaccinated out of some of those venues that we've been talking about today. Everything they say uh, continues to essentially be a lie. Uh, the vaccination isn't a vaccination. It's experimental gene therapy. Okay. It's not a traditional vaccination and not the people aren't getting injected with some coronavirus to build up antibodies. Uh, this is messenger RNA technology. And most of them, except for Johnson & Johnson, a.k.a. Janssen's shot. So the spike protein then alters the RNA, which then ends up altering your DNA. So in essence, from a, from a theological viewpoint, from the biblical viewpoint, if you understand how messenger RNA works, you're basically slapping God in the face. You're spitting in God's face saying, you know, you know what, Lord, you didn't really know how to make me, but I'm going to improve my own body. I'm going to improve. I'm going to change. I'm going to change my DNA because I was created inferior. Of course, it's just the worst. So they know, they know the what uh, Vlad, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko would call a poison death shot. They know it doesn't prevent you from getting coronavirus, even though coronavirus has not been isolated yet. But for argument's sake, it doesn't prevent you from getting a virus that hasn't been proven to exist. And then they say, well, if, if you do get it, uh, you, you, there's a really good chance you wouldn't be in the hospital. Not true. Hospitalization, compare stats of hospitalizations from this time last year to last year, this time today from the same time last year when there was no vaccine. See, everything's a lie. So they know vaccinated people can spread it, and that's what's happening. It's spreading it. The spike protein is, is spreading or it's being transmitted. They know that's what's doing. And so in spite of the fact, in spite of the fact the evidence indicates that there's been more deaths due to the vaccine, they won't stop, and more injuries, they won't stop. The solution is to get everyone vaccinated. And then you heard Danny Hunch back there talk about, you don't know in the future, he said, well, you know, it'll be the booster. They've admitted in New York Post, I mean, the Washington Post, CIA's favorite newspaper, ran a piece saying uh, no one will ever be fully vaccinated. And then they, they, they basically played doublespeak. There's a good mind control in that little piece, that article, and they said, full vaccination refers to communities or nations, but not to an individual. See, so, you know, some people, against their better judgment, got two shots, thinking, okay, I've got to travel for work. I have to travel for family. I've got to travel for both family and work. And people buckled under. They got it. Now, they're ultimately saying, you know, you're going to need a booster. It'll probably be at least every six months or once a year. And then Danny Hunchback mentioned variants. Obviously, if you believed in that, that traditional you know, virology and vaccinations you know, provide you some type of protection from a virus, okay, if you believed all that, right? If you believed that, then as the virus would mutate, variants are mutations, variants are different, you would need a different inoculation or vaccination, even though this isn't a vaccination for every variant. Now they're just saying, no, you just need just need more of the same for everyone. Same thing with the testing is complete fraud. The PCR test is no different when they said, Delta, the Delta variant surging, Delta surging, Delta surging. You could go to LabCorp's website, LabCorp that does testing, and they admit it's the same test. 
it's the same test that they give you. COVID-19, it's no different. And let's not forget the CDC has also invalidated the PCR test, which was only given emergency use authorization. The PCR test was designed by its, by its founder, its designer, Carrie Mullis. It was a forensic test, not a diagnostic test. It's very clear those videos are out there. I'm not going to play them tonight. They, say, they basically go up to so many cycles you can find anything you want in a PCR test. The CDC has admitted the PCR test is worthless, and they will be sunsetting it at the end of December. I don't know what they have planned to replace it. So let that sink in, too. They've created this whole massive hoax to a very large degree upon the testing, which is the PCR test, which they now admit, what people in the alternative media have known from day one, that is completely worthless. This is the reality. This is the reality. But they still want to move ahead and then set up this two-tier society openly. Now, they're saying it openly in Australia and New Zealand. I'll get back to New Zealand. Jacinda Arndon is the, I believe, prime minister who, who uh, Benny Eastwood, New Zealand activist, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand alternative media personality, Mr. News. Last I heard, he was under house arrest. But Jacinda here, Harden, looks like a man. Uh, you look at the size of her hands. Uh, there's been some other videos out there as far as her wearing a dress in her general area. It doesn't look like she's a woman. But regardless of what her biology actually is, she's openly defending, he, she, or it, is openly defending a two-tier society. That they're not, they're not hiding it anymore. They're not pretending about that anymore. vaccinated. So you have these people that are inoculated, 
with the experimental gene therapy, they're shedding or transmitting spike proteins, which is then causing others to get sick. But then they should only feel comfortable around people that are also only have received the poison death shot, which is what Dr. Vladimir Zelenko refers to it as, or I would affectionately call it the clot shot, because it does cause blood clots, and they know that. So this is what they're moving into. They're beta testing a lot of this stuff in Australia and New Zealand, especially Australia. Uh, these countries are disarmed. Uh, I won't get into it from where I could tell. There's a false flag in Australia years ago, and you know they, they took the they took the guns away from the people. So there's really no fear of the people there. There's just not any fear of the people. In the states, the program has to be different. Uh, we see the supply chains also affecting Europe, but they're shutting down the supply chain. So among other things, it looks like we're looking at a shortage of food. As inflation continues, food's going to become more expensive, like everything else, and will become more scarce. So look for people down the road will be selling their guns in the future to pay for other things. This is uh, this is what we're looking at. Uh, this is what we're looking at. It's a two-tiered society, and they admit it. Victoria, Australia, to become a vaccinated economy with endless boosters. No unvaccinated allowed to function in society. This is from October 28th, piece by Ethan Huff on naturalnews.com. Victorian Premier Dan Andrews has officially announced that in order to participate in Australia's emerging vaccinated economy, I like that, see now you vaccinate an economy, not just a person, all residents will need to take every government booster shot in order to be considered fully vaccinated. Again, they've admitted that already in the CIA's favorite newspaper, the Washington Post, no one will ever be fully vaccinated. Speaking to reporters, Andrews rambled about how it will be in everyone's interest, all of us for the health and safety, for the health system, of course, to continue participating in the vaccinated economy. You will need to have a booster shot. You wouldn't want an unvaccinated economy because that might grow like wildfire. So you want to, you want to vaccinate the economy to destroy the life out of it. As you may recall, Andrews was caught back in the summer making up ridiculous lies about how the Wuhan coronavirus it's supposed to have been found in sewage poop. Andrews used this fake claims as, as an excuse to extend the region's stay-at-home order for flattening the curve. I thought it was only two weeks to flatten the curve. Now, see, it's going on two years. Now, Andrews is attempting to impose a system of medical apartheid in Australia. We're the only people allowed to participate in the economy are those who take every injection forced in them by the government, including all boosters, which will never end. Quote, the vaccinated economy will operate across the board, end quote, Andrews decreed. Quote, two doses or you're not going or you're not getting in the state. Two doses or you're not going to work. This is absolutely critical. As for the third, fourth, and the second doses, Andrews says that these two are just as important as the first and second and won't be treated as such for purposes of participation in the vaccinated economy. All those requirements, all those settings where you only get where you only get in if you're double vaxxed and you can tap and verify that for everyone, everybody, that vaccinated economy is here to stay. Andrews went on to say, this is, uh, this is what they want. This is what they want. Uh, another piece here out of Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge, uh, October 26th. Think Australia has become too Orwellian? Victoria Premier Dan Andrews says, hold my beer. Hold my beer. It seems that Australia has reached the pinnacle of becoming a dystopian phantasmagoria 
when it implemented statewide surveillance apps to track citizens in order to assure compliance with draconian lockdowns. Improving the tyranny has no bounds, being an issue which many viewed as the apex of authoritarianism in Australia should have been seen as a preface instead of a climax. The next phase of Victoria Premier Dan Andrews' totalitarian takeover begins when his state's parliament resumes today, and the Public Health and Well-Being Pandemic Management Bill 2021 is introduced in the lower house of a legislature. With Victoria's current state of emergency set to expire on December 15th, the new legislation would make its conclusion a moot point by permanently replacing it in effect. The bill would consolidate power into the hands of Andrews, the Premier, by giving him and his health minister unilateral power in declaring pandemic-related states of emergency in the state and issuing new health orders without them being brought to vote by Parliament. Under the proposed law, all that is necessary for the authorization of any new emergency declaration is that the Victorian Premier must offer a report to the Parliament that includes the advice offered by the Victorian Health Minister and Chief Health Officer. These declarations can apply to the whole of Victoria that Andrews has jurisdiction over or specified areas of the state on a more limited basis. While declarations are limited to an initial period of four weeks, the law also states that there is no limit on the number of times they can be extended. All that is necessary for implementing a three-month extension of any declaration is that the Premier's office consults with its chief health officer before authorization. Though the expansion of powers that would be granted to Andrews would also establish a prerequisite for his office to consult with the Public Health Committee as well, critics view that measure as little more than ceremonial. Once any pandemic declaration is introduced by the Premier, the Health Minister of Victoria would have the express authority to issue a pandemic order under their belief that it is necessary to protect public health. Pandemic orders made by the Health Minister would allow them to order the detention of citizens as well as forced medical examinations and testing. The punitive measures designed to enforce pandemic health orders are unlike any Australia has seen. Clause 29 of the proposed legislation designates failing to comply with any pandemic order as, quote, an activity that involves an immediate risk to the health and safety of a person, end quote. If the law passes, then individuals who violate any public health orders face fines of up to $90,000. Businesses found to be non-compliant would risk being fined as much as $450,000. Part two of the bill perhaps best represents the authoritarian measures it would allow by enabling the Victorian government to imprison individuals for two years if they have been deemed to knowingly violate a pandemic order which puts others at serious risk. While the bill has been viewed as another instance of Andrews taking advantage of the coronavirus pandemic to increase his power, the proposed legislation does limit his would-be authority to public health considerations regarding COVID-19 alone. The language of the bill also would codify that health orders issued by Andrew's office could be made under the ambiguous terms of being in the interest of stopping a disease of pandemic potential. That's great. So they're not even saying they're not even bothering to redefine a pandemic, which they've done. Now it's pandemic, a disease of pandemic potential, disease of pandemic potential. Uh, it's amazing. In Queensland, again, where Max Egan was from, there's one piece came out, Brisbane Times, October 27th. Banks raided, property seized, licenses canceled, and COVID cost recovery. 
Queensland's public health response has continued to reap dividends as staff at the State Penalties Enforcement Register dealt with 3,046 unpaid fines worth a total of $5.2 million. The fines involved 2,755 individuals and businesses accused of flouting the rules during the coronavirus pandemic. About 56.4% of the fines had been paid in full or subject to a payment plan. Pretty amazing. Active enforcement worth about $1 million. So they're using someone else to get that. And they're not saying how much they're paying the third party to collect that. That's, uh, that's in Queensland. Everything, as I've said, is a lie. And the reason they initially started out and are still using you know, paper, paper certificates, is because they want that to fail. They've already made an example of some people that have used them and gotten caught. Remember reading about one girl who spelt Moderna wrong instead of M-O-D-E-R-N-A. She said M-A-D-E-R-N-A. So that caused someone to question it on that vaccine certificate. They want digital, obviously, for more control. Just as they want a cashless society, they want everything digital as far as your health. That's the ultimate control. How can you move about? How could there be any freedom if there's no freedom to travel apart from any type of digital passport? It would be it would be impossible. It would be impossible. I mentioned before, as far as uh, as far as saying it's a clot shot. Here's a piece on Life Site News. Uh, this is dated October 26th. America's frontline doctor. Microscopic data shows clotting in lungs, vessels, and brains of JAD patients. Under the microscope, we see clotting in the lungs. We see clotting in the vessels. We see clotting in the brain, not from the virus, but from the spike protein from the vaccine itself. That's from Dr. Ryan Cole, a board-certified pathologist who runs a diagnostics lab says he's been seeing clotting in the lungs, vessels, and brain in patients due to the COVID-19 jabs. In an October 20th video posted by America's Frontline Doctors, the group's medical director, Dr. Ryan Cole, said, under the microscope, we are seeing, we, are, we see clotting in the lungs, we see clotting in the vessels, we see clotting in the brain, not from the virus, but from the spike protein from the vaccine itself. In our data around the world, from the United States, from the UK, from the Indra Vigilance in Europe. We have seen more death and damage from this one medical product than all other vaccines combined in the last several decades in just a short eight-month window of time. Okay. I've also said before, if you look at the history of the states, it was around 1976, I believe, when then-President Ford at the time, after one, one person in the military allegedly died in Fort Dix, New Jersey, over swine flu. The president mandated the entire country get a swine flu shot. I think after about, I don't know how many millions were vaccinated, but after there was about 35, no more than 40 deaths, they stopped that mass vaccination program dead in its tracks. 40 deaths, 35 to 40 deaths. Now we have 16,000 deaths reported in the States, over 16,000. They won't stop it. Do you see a problem here? I, I, I hope you see a problem, even if you're listening to this by chance and you believe in the efficacy of all vaccines, and for some reason you believe this is a good 
a good vaccine, even, even though it's not a vaccine. Do you see there's a credibility problem here in the States when in 1976 the federal government stopped a nationwide vaccine plan program over 35 to 40 deaths, and now we have over 16,000, and they're not stopping it. I, I, I hope you see that that's a real problem, and I, I, I would like to think that would influence you to think, that would make you think that this should be stopped, this shouldn't go on. The facts are there. Those facts there. You can see, I won't play the video from Ryan Cole. I like Americans frontline doctors. I don't think they're as hardcore as others. I think they're still trying to not appear too radical. But uh, it is a clot shot. No one should take it. No one should take it. And, of course, there's no long-term studies. The normal protocol to develop a vaccine is 7 to 10 years. For these COVID-19 clot shots, they develop them in less than a year with new biotechnology. They skip the animal trials. When similar biotechnology for, for the coronavirus was used, mRNA technology, with, when that was tested on rabbits and ferrets, <clears throat> the rabbits and ferrets were fine after they received the injection. Then when the rabbits and ferrets were exposed to what they were saying was an active coronavirus, they all died. They all died. I mentioned that to a medical doctor as to why I was not taking the clot shot. And his response was, the moral of the story is don't be a rabbit or a ferret. And uh, that's why if you run to a doctor like that that doesn't comprehend or respect informed consent, you just you do not give him your business. Because medical providers like that are dangerous. They're dangerous. They're going to hurt more people than help. Uh, off Guardian had, had a good piece. Off Guardian has a lot of good stuff out there. Comes over from the UK. This is from Kit Knightley. Kit Knightley. 30 facts you need to know your COVID crib sheet. 30 facts you need to know. Okay. The, uh, the survival rate, what's the date of this piece here from Off Guardian? September 22nd. Uh, the survival rate of COVID is over 99%. Okay. There's been no unusual excess mortality, not not before they introduced the bioweapon, that is. It's going to be a lot higher next year due to, due to the shots, not due to coronavirus. COVID death counts are artificially inflated. Here's, uh, here's one piece. that this, was, uh, this is a great one. I played this one before out of Illinois. from a health official in Illinois 
That was uh, well over a year ago. The vast majority of COVID deaths are serious comorbidities. Okay. In March 2020, the Italian government published statistics showing 99.2% of their COVID deaths had at least one serious comorbidity. These include cancer, heart disease, dementia, Alzheimer's, kidney failure, and diabetes. Over 50% of them had three or more serious pre-existing comorbidities. Average age of COVID deaths is greater than the average life expectancy. The average age of a COVID death in the UK is 82.5 years. In Italy, it's 86, Germany, 83, Switzerland, 86, Canada, 86, the US, 78, Australia, 82. In almost all cases, the median age of a COVID death is higher than the national life expectancy. As such, for most of the world, the pandemic has little to no impact on life expectancy. Contrast this with the Spanish flu, which saw a 28% drop in life expectancy in the U.S. in just over a year. COVID mortality exactly mirrors the national mortality curve. There has been a massive increase in the use of unlawful DNRs. Do not resuscitate orders. Uh, People should go to jail for that. Lockdowns. Lockdowns do not prevent the spread of disease. There is little to no evidence lockdowns have any impact on limiting COVID deaths. If you compare regions that locked down to regions that did not, you can see no pattern at all. Lockdowns kill people. There is strong evidence that lockdowns through social, economic, and other public health damage are deadlier than the virus. Dr. David Navarro, World Health Organization Special Envoy for COVID-19, described lockdowns as a global catastrophe in October 2020. We in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as the primary means of control of the virus. It seems we may have, we may have a doubling of world poverty by next year. We may, well, we may well have at least a doubling of child malnutrition. This is a terrible, ghastly global catastrophe. A UN report from April 2020 warned of hundreds of thousands of children being killed by the economic impact of lockdowns, while tens of millions more face possible poverty and famine. Unemployment, poverty, suicide, alcoholism, drug use, and other social and mental health crises are spiking all over the world, while missed and delayed surgeries and screenings are going to see increased mortality from heart disease, cancer, and out in the near future. Hospitals were never unusually overburned. Hospitals were never unusually overburdened. Number 11, PCR tests were not designed to diagnose illness. I've already mentioned that. It was for, it's a forensic test. It's not a diagnostic test. It was given emergency youth authorization, and the CDC quietly said they're getting rid of it at the end of December. PCR tests have a history of being inaccurate and unreliable, of course, because it's not a diagnostic test. The CT values of the PCR test are too high. Yes, the PCR test runs cycles. The number of cycles you use to get your results is known as your cycle threshold or CT value. Carrie Mullis, the inventor, said, if you have to go more than 40 cycles, there is something seriously wrong with your PCR. Again, it's not a diagnostic test. The World Health Organization twice admitted PCR tests produce false positives. The scientific basis for COVID tests is questionable, absolutely. The majority of COVID infections are asymptomatic. From as early as March 2020, studies done in Italy were suggesting 50 to 75% of positive COVID tests had no symptoms. Another UK study from August 2020 found as much as 86% of COVID patients 
experience no viral symptoms at all. It is literally impossible to tell the difference between an asymptomatic case and a false positive test result. Of course, the test, the PCR test, means nothing. So that should be ignored and not used. 17, there's very little evidence supporting the alleged danger of asymptomatic transmission. This has been a case-demic, not an epidemic, not a pandemic. 18, ventilation. Using a ventilator is not treatment for respiratory viruses. That killed people. You remember in the beginning in the United States, I don't know what it was like that in the UK, they had this war language. Trump used war mentality. They were going to commandeer these materials and these companies to make ventilators. Your average survival, uh, average chance of surviving ventilators, 50-50. They found that after they started using on people who allegedly had COVID-19, I say alleged because the SARS-CoV-2 virus has never been isolated that allegedly caused the illness we call COVID-19. They started to use ventilators on them. The mortality rate was 80 to 90%, and they stopped using ventilators and never heard about them anymore. Ventilators killed people, yes. Masks don't work. At least a dozen scientific studies have shown that masks do nothing to stop the spread of respiratory viruses. One meta-analysis published by the CDC in May of 2020 found no significant reduction in influenza transmission with the use of face masks. Another study with over 8,000 subjects found masks did not seem to be effective against laboratory-confirmed viral respiratory infections nor against clinical respiratory infections. There's some great videos out there with uh, honest, uh, honest anesthesiologists just using every mask they could find, including N95, and they just vape right through it. The vape goes either through it or right around it. It does nothing. It's all theater. The masks were designed to get people to do what they were told to then get them to accept the poison death shot. That's the, that's the mask were for. Masks are bad for your health. Obviously, you're breathing in your own CO2. Masks are bad for the planet. Ah, oh, here we have all these people that want to save the planet. Al Gore is caring about, cares about those polar bears, even though a polar bear can swim 100 miles. He cares about global warming, anthropogenic or man-made global warming, which doesn't exist. They care about the planet, but millions upon millions of disposable masks have been used per month for over a year. A report from the UN found that COVID-19 pandemic will likely result in plastic waste, more than doubling in the next few years. The vast majority of that is face masks. COVID vaccines are totally unprecedented. I kind of covered that, the mRNA spike protein technology. Vaccines do not confer immunity or prevent transmission. Uh, that's true. These aren't really vaccines, so they've had to redefine it. It re supposedly reduces the severity of symptoms. The vaccines, which aren't vaccines, were rushed and have unknown long-term effects. Of course, when you, you develop something in less than a year, there's no long-term studies. And, and due to legislation that was signed to law by President Ronald Reagan, all the vaccine manufacturers have zero liability, blanket liability. And no one in Congress, Tom Massey, who I like, Rand Paul, no one mentions that, that that should end. It's insane. Vaccine manufacturers have been granted legal indemnity should they cause harm. Ooh, as I mentioned, the EU was preparing vaccine passports at least a year before the pandemic began. So this really isn't a pandemic, it's a plandemic. And check out that documentary, especially Plandemic 2, Indoctrination. Plandemic 2, Indoctrination can be found on BitChute. I'm sure it's on Odyssey. 
28, a training exercise predicted the pandemic just weeks before start, event 201. You can still find that online, and you can watch it. Since, and a lot, of pen, a lot of event 201 talked about controlling the information, how it was, how it was reported by the news, controlling the narrative. Controlling the narrative. Since then, we've seen the fascist big tech firms in bed with the federal government getting more and more and more restrictive and draconian. Since the beginning of 2020, the flu has disappeared. In the United States since February 2020, influenza cases have allegedly dropped by over 98%. I wonder why. Well, I think it's just because they reclassified them as COVID. COVID-19. The elite have made fortunes during the pandemic. Yeah. And I'd also say to prove that there was no pandemic, not only did the flu, there were no flu deaths. Uh, not only were that, there was no net increase in mortality in 2020. There will be in 2021, but that won't be due to COVID-19, allegedly, the alleged virus, based upon, well, the alleged illness based upon the alleged virus of SARS-CoV-2. It will be due to the poison death shots, to the clot shots that are out there. That's that's what's going to that's what's going to change the actuality charts. That's why your your life insurance cost didn't go up in 2020. After 2020, it will next year. After 2021, it will in 2022. Uh, right now, I think I'll take a break and then uh, we'll wrap this up talking a little bit about the NBA. You're listening to the ARP Radio Show, keeping real, Pudgy Miller. Guest host Rocco P last Friday night of the month. K I R P Radio!
K-I-R-P Radio! One thing I've got to mention, too, when uh, people say, if you believe in the clot shot, if you believe in the bioweapons, that that's supporting science. So then they're saying, if you are against the bioweapons, which are falsely being called vaccines, then you're anti-science. I've said a lot about statistics showing that, you know, what the efficacy of of the uh, the inoculation is, what the efficacy of the clot shot is. But also know that Moderna, Moderna and Pfizer intentionally lost the, con- the clinical control group. Okay? Both Moderna and Pfizer intentionally lost the clinical trial control group testing vaccine efficacy and safety. The Moderna and Pfizer vaccine test, this is from a little piece on a site called the uh, StuartBremel.wordpress.com. Okay, August. This goes back to August 10th. The Moderna and Pfizer vaccine tests were conducted as customary with control group, a group within the trial who were given a placebo and not the test vaccine. However, during the trial and after the untested vaccines were given emergency use authorization, the vaccine companies conducting the trial decided to break protocol and notify the control group they were not vaccinated. Almost all the control group were then given the vaccine. Purposely dissolving the placebo group violates the scientific purposes to test whether the vaccine has any efficacy. Any actual benefit and or safety issues without a control group, there is nothing to pair the vaccinated group against. According to NPR, the doctors lost the control group in the Johnson County Clinical Trial, uh, Lexana, Kansas, on purpose. So they keep on saying it's science. Everything they're doing is against science. <laughs> It's, it's against science. Here's another interesting stat. This was published uh, This was published yesterday. Children are dying at a rate 62% higher than the five-year average since they began to be given the COVID-19 vaccine. Let that sink in. Children are dying at a rate 62% higher than the five-year average since they began to be given the COVID-19 vaccine. On September 13, 2021, the four Chief Medical Officer, CMOs of the United Kingdom, advised the UK government to offer the COVID, the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine to all children over the age of 12. This was despite the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization previously stating they could not support universal vaccination of children. Is it just a coincidence that deaths among children have since increased by 62% against the five-year average? Is that a coincidence? Okay. Getting to the NBA, how this uh, has affected pop culture. I said early on when they when they unrolled the psyop over a year ago, you know, March of uh, March of 2020. I remember they stopped uh, they stopped the NBA. They stopped college basketball. There was uh, there was no March Madness, or it had just started. And I I, I knew then it was very serious because in order for the uh, the controllers in order for the overlords in order for the new world o- new world order to do that they wanted everyone to be focused like a laser on the TV to listen to their message of the doom of the coming COVID nineteen illness alleged virus and now yeah as they brought sports back now they're in this world where you know, the uh, players have unions. And the unions basically have not supported mandatory vaccination. They haven't done it. They haven't done it. 
I'm going to quote from a piece going back to September 30th. This was on CBSSports.com. Unvaccinated NBA players won't be paid for every game missed due to local COVID-19 mandates. While players are not required to be vaccinated, referees and arena staff are. One of the biggest questions heading into the 2021-2022 NBA season was if the league would require players to get vaccinated against COVID-19. We got our answer. The league will not require vaccinations for players, league spokesperson Mike Bass told Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. The NBA Players Association has refused to budge from its stance against mandatory shots for players. That's good. That's a good part. That's good. Quote, a vaccine mandate for NBA players would need an agreement with the Players Association, Bass said. The NBA has made these proposals, but the Players Union has rejected any vaccine, any vaccination requirement. That's good. While players won't be required to get vaccinated, a vast majority already have been. That I don't believe. I think what, what's happened is that you've had a lot of players that have gotten uh, they've gotten fake vaccine certificates. That's what I think a lot of them have. And a lot of them are smart. You know, they're working with doctors that have given them fake certificates. So that's that's what I think has happened. The league now, and of course, you know, a lot of people have gotten saline too. As time goes on, there'll be less and less saline shots out there. I reported that. There was a story that came out of Greensboro, North Carolina. It was all over the country. You could you could Google, don't Google that. You could use DuckTuckGo or StartBase.com to search uh, saline COVID-19 vaccinations, and you'll see there were saline shots all over the country. And I think they weren't supposed to get that story out, but that was intentional. But as time goes on, more and more people will get the clot shot, and obviously they'll be harmed. More and more people then will be harmed, and then we'll die. Uh, the league says now has 95% of its players vaccinated, which I don't believe. Unvaccinated players will be subject to a much stricter set of health and safety protocols compared to the vaccinated peers, including daily testing, which won't be required for fully vaccinated players. And as I've already covered, the PCR test is beyond worthless. According to Wojnarowski, the league will continue its strict regulations this season for unvaccinated players in light of Bradley Beal and reportedly Kyrie Irving entering training camp unvaccinated. Earlier this month, the league told teams that new local COVID-19 requirements in New York and San Francisco regarding vaccine requirements will be enforced for members of the teams in those cities. Okay, so I'm going to read that again. Earlier this month, the league told teams that new COVID-19 requirements in New York and San Francisco, two, two, two municipalities, two cities, regarding vaccine requirements will be enforced for members of the teams in those cities. Golden State Warriors, Brooklyn Nets, and New York Knicks, including players, unless there is an approved medical religious exemption for ESPN. Okay, so let's drill down on that. Let's think about that. So if you're a member of the Golden State Warriors, the Brooklyn Nets, or the New York Knicks, and you have not, you've not submitted to the clock shot, then you can't play because there's a local ordinance. However, however, when players come in from other teams, they can visit, they can play in New York and San Francisco. So teams can come in and play against the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco. Teams can come in and play against the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. Unvaccinated players can come into those municipalities and play, but that can't be their home team. Do, do you see how this is, this is ridiculous again? It's completely ridiculous. If there was any consistency, they'd say in those cities, 
any non-vaccinated players could be there, could not, you know, could not enter those arenas, period. So it wouldn't just be for the home teams, you see what I'm saying? It would be for visiting. Players from other teams that weren't vaccinated wouldn't be allowed, but that's not the case. That's not the case. That gets to Kyrie Irving, NBA star has been out, who's been outspoken. Again, they said 90% are vaccinated. I think a lot of people, a couple of people have taken the stand, but I think a lot of them have gone, you know, the path of least resistance and uh, as far as not getting it, noncompliance through deception, through getting the fake vaccine certificate. In any case, Kyrie Irving refuses to get vaccinated. This is from Insider.com. October 17th, Kyrie Irving refused to get vaccinated. It has already cost him his role in the NBA's best team and his pending $186 million contract is next. That was, that was the contract uh, extension. I don't know if the Nets were the best or not, as they said. Here are the bullet points on that article. Kyrie Irving can't play with the Nets full-time because he's unvaccinated, so they were sitting him. According to reports, the Nets no longer intend to offer Irving a four-year $186 million extension. Irving's future with the team is now in doubt because of the saga. Okay. Brooklyn Nets decision not to allow Kyrie Irving to play or practice with the team has left the future of the All-Star guard up in the air. Irving has not received the COVID-19 vaccine and thus and is thus not eligible to play home games in Brooklyn due to New York City vaccine mandates. But, again, that New York City vaccine mandate doesn't prevent t- Players coming in that are unvaccinated from other cities. No, no, it doesn't prevent them from that. The Nets announced on Wednesday that they would not allow Irving to play or practice at all until he can be a full-time member of the team. There are essentially there are essentially three outcomes from here. Though no one could say with any certainty which will happen. Irving gets vaccinated and returns to the team. That's not going to happen, uh, based on what he said. He misses the season, where the Nets trade him. It'll be one of the last two. It also sounds as if for now, and that's still intent to offer Irving a rich nine-figure extension that GM Sean Marks has spoken openly about during the offseason. According to Athletics Shams uh, uh, Karina, the Athletics Shams Karina, that extension will be worth $186 million over four years. Karina said on the Athletics uh, Glue Guys podcast that the extension will not be offered now. ESPN Zach Lowe said on his podcast that even if Irving got vaccinated, returned to the team in full-time mode, in his full-time role, and that still might offer the exclusion, the extension. The sense I get is that uh, the sense I get is this has thrown the Nets from more than the loop. Lowe said. Additionally, the Nets don't intend to play Irving for his missed home games, which cost a total of sixty million dollars, sixteen million if he misses all forty-one. I think the league should fight that because. The Players Association uh, says that you can't force them to get vaxxed, so I really think they should fight that. I don't know if that should be in court or not, but I think you should get paid. It's their decision. Uh, they don't have to submit to what New York City says. Just as, just as players on opposing teams that visit the city don't have to be vaccinated. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He should fight that. He should fight that if, if they don't trade him. He should definitely fight that. So... Uh, what else? What else do we have here about about uh, about Mr. Uh, Kyrie Irving? Very interesting. Very interesting character. Uh, they have before. I, I'm going to play something that he said when uh, himself from the uh, the uh, famous Instagram site, which is basically Facebook uh, for a younger crowd. But I just want to back up and say I didn't I didn't. 
explaining these clips, I should I should have pulled one. People have been trashing Kyrie Irving left and right in the media, and they're paid to do that. I think about someone like Stephen Smith. Uh, Stephen Smith, years ago, was the uh, beat writer for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He broke into TV journalism. He got onto Comcast. Then he made big time with ESPN, which is owned by Disney. He got part of the world, closer to the world order nexus. I heard his commentary by Stephen Smith destroying Kyrie Irving, saying that he signed the contract to play on the game, basically to, to play the game, and that he's, you know, he's letting down the fans. Uh, he's uh, essentially a traitor to his teammates and to the organization for refusing to play. It's just like, okay, okay, Stephen Smith, if you want to ignore the fact, the facts which I discussed already on this show about how it is, a pan, it is not a legitimate pandemic. Virus hasn't been isolated. The PCR test is worthless. Even the uh, <laughs> even the CDC is getting the PCR test at the end of this year. Net mortality didn't go up in 2020. The flu disappeared. Flu deaths disappeared because they were COVID. Insurance insurance uh, the cost for life insurance didn't go up in 2021 after 2020 so it wasn't a result there wasn't an increase in that net deaths if you don't want to deal with any of those facts what happened to the fact that an individual can make decision for his own the idea of bodily autonomy you see people like Stephen A. Smith who claim to be you know these neoliberals you know believe in abortion they say they believe a woman has a right to kill a, bo- a baby because it's in her own body but you have a right to get injected with an experimental gene therapy that's already been shown to be deadly or potentially deadly. No long-term, no long-term studies. No long-term studies. No, uh, no control group. Moderna and Pfizer got rid of con- no control group. Trust us. And the vaccine companies can't be sued. So these people, Stephen A. Smith and these other people, they are just whores. They're just tourists trying to destroy someone like Kyrie Irving, who obviously, I'm assuming he's set for life, and he's willing to take a stand because that's his personal choice. So I'll set up this clip that Kyrie Irving said, I think it was on October 14th on his own Instagram. Kyrie Irving addresses his stance on not getting the vaccine on IG Live, Instagram Live. Quote, it's about choosing what's best for you. You think I really want to lose money. You think I really want to give up on my dream to go after a championship. You think I really just want to give up my job. Okay. Make these convictions yourself. Right? I got to make these myself. Because it's going to continue to revolve around this and that. And, yo, you're going to lose out on money. And you're going to lose out on this. Like, so What? It's not about the money, baby. It's not always about the money. It's about choosing what's best for you. You think I really want to lose money? You think I really want to give up on my dream to go after a championship? You think I really just want to give up my job? You think I really just want to sit at home and, and, and not go after the things with my teammates that I, I've been able to, to grow with, to learn with, to learn that it takes sacrifice in this space? Because we could be easily at home chilling with our families, but we're choosing to go out there and perform. 
you know, and even in that job, like, that that's a dream come true. I've been working on that since I was in fourth grade. You think I want to give up my livelihood because of a mandate, because I don't have accommodations, because I'm unvaccinated? Come on. I'm not going to be used as, an, as, as a person in this agenda. You know, like, I, I'm not, I'm not even going to speak on that. I'm just saying, like, it should be, not, it should not be divided amongst all of us. It should just be understood and respected. And mind you, once again, I'm going to repeat this. It's not about the Nets. It's not about the organization. It's not about the NBA. It's not politics. It's not any one thing. And that was well said. Yeah, you know, that was well said by Kyrie Irving. And uh, like I said, I believe you know, a couple others have stood up. Of course, they're they're not in they're not playing in New York or in San Francisco, where it's not going to cost them as much. But a few other players have been articulate and have said, you know, they're not getting the vaccine and why different reasons. Uh, but this idea of bodily autonomy seems to be gone again. The New World Order, uh, or if you want to call them the Anglo-American establishment or the power elite, they these people are uh, these people are demonic-inspired. Uh, they worship depopulation. They worship death. They want to see people maimed and die. They want less people in the world. It's easier to control a people when there's less people around. Just go to Georgia Guidestones when it talks about the some idea that yeah perpetual this order of nature would be the ideal population world would be 500 million a lot of people have to die if we're going to get down to 500 million but part part of their part of their demonic religion is this is that they're not going to ever force it outright they want to basically create an environment where people then tap out it's kind of like yeah if you're familiar with uh, the UFC ultimate fighting if someone is losing uh, at a certain point, and someone might be pinned down, and they're about to break an arm, might be in an arm bar, and they could tap out to prevent that from happening. If not, they can continue to fight. Then, with a broken arm, you know, some people do that. <laughs> but the point is, they want people, they want us as a society, they want individuals to tap out, and that's what this all is. That's why it's so important with Kyrie Irving is that they can't force him to take it, and they won't do that. Because it's part of the demonic religion, they want to force, they want to create an environment where then people take it themselves. So it will never be 100% mandatory, but they're going to make people suffer. They're going to make people suffer just as they start out the program talking about Australia, what's going on in Victoria, uh, what's going on in New Zealand, where they're openly bragging about a two-tiered society. Uh, they're never going to completely force it, but they're going to try and make life miserable for those they refuse to capitulate. Uh, there's been been some good developments since that since Kyrie Irving's taken that stance. Uh, there were supporters. Here's a piece from October 24th. Supporters of unvaccinated. This is the way. This is the way NBC News runs it. Not supporters of NBA star Kyrie Irving. Supporters of unvaccinated NBA star Kyrie Irving. How how would I write? How would I write headline? Supporters of patriot NBA star. Supporters of person who believes in individual liberty, supporter of liberty-loving NBA star Kyrie, supporter of man with incredible integrity Kyrie Irving, uh, supporters of unvaccinated NBA star Kyrie Irving, storm past barricades outside game, and a probably domestic terrorist. This, pro- this protest prompted Barclays Center in New York City to briefly close its doors. Protesters supporting bench Brooklyn stars, 
Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving stormed past barricades outside the team's home opener Saturday, Sunday, prompting Barclays Center to briefly close its doors, the franchise said. Supporters of Irving, a point guard who is one of the NBA's best-known unvaccinated players, could be seen pushing past metal barriers as security guards struggled to keep them from entering the arena in Brooklyn. Video posts on social media showed others wearing Stan with Kyrie shirts and chanting no more mandate, a reference to New York City's vaccination requirements, which Irving ran afoul of. The rules require people to have at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, vaccine before they enter restaurants, gyms, and other venues. So it's good. It's good it's getting pushed back. It's really a positive thing by uh, boxing legend Floyd Mayweather. He made a really, really... Nice statement, a brief statement, and uh, I'll cue that up and uh, set that up. Floyd Mayweather, this was on his Twitter. Choice is defined as an act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. America gave us the choice to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine. As time moves on, that choice is gradually being stripped from us. This was very, it was very encouraging to hear Floyd Mayweather say this, and he was addressing it to Kyrie. statement by Floyd Mayweather. A few more things here. I have a Forbes piece from October 14th. Uh, Give some more background about Kyrie Irving. Brooklyn Nets star point guard Kyrie Irving broke his silence Wednesday evening confirming for the first time that he was unvaccinated against COVID-19 and arguing that, quote, nobody should be forced to do anything with their bodies, end quote, while asserting he still hopes to return and play for the Nets at some point. Irving, speaking on Instagram line, maintained he's not at now vaccine, stating everyone is entitled to do what they feel is best. Uh, everyone is entitled to do what they feel is what's best for themselves, and that he is about being true to what feels good for me. The all-star point guard said he was standing with all those that believe what is right and took issue with the notion of Americans losing jobs to mandates. Irving asserted that he has no plans to retire, pronouncing, I'm not going and leaving this game like this adding, there's still so much work to do. I know the consequences here, and if it means that I'm judged and demonized for that, that's just what it is. That's the role I play, but I never wanted to give up my passion, my love, my dream, just over this mandate. 
So I, uh, I commend Kyrie Irving. Don't know what he believes about the Bible. Don't know if he's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but I appreciate his integrity, and I appreciate that he's, he's taking a stand. Uh, and they don't like that. Uh, they don't like that. That's, again, one of Steve Nay Smith's and other people in the media have attempted to destroy him, as he said, have attempted to demonize him. They have attempted to ostracize him. Uh, they have attempted to excoriate him because they don't want individuals making choices for liberty that are the right choices. They don't want individuals standing up for themselves and influencing others to do so. You've been listening to KRP Radio Show, Keeping Real, Pudgy Miller. This was last Friday night of the month with guest host Rocco P. I will hope to be back next month. If so, that would be Friday, November 26th. I'd like to thank Pudgy Miller again for the opportunity to use his platform. Have a good night. KRP Radio!